Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And uh, spoiler alert, it was a good weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we've we've got plenty to talk about with that. But as uh, we've been kind of doing a new custom with the show and everything, we do have our segment, icebreaker, whatever you kind of want to call it. Uh, we have our Did You Know? We're here to make you smarter and better prepared for, you know, those random things that you'll never need to know about unless you get on Jeopardy. Yep. And if you uh, get our- on Jeopardy and you win, you can always... We'd always be happy to take a donation to the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Be the smartest room at the, <laughs> the smartest person in the room, right? At a party, right? Something yes. makes you say, "Man, that guy's smart." Yeah, there's always a, a, you always find those people at the parties who have like those random things of information, and sometimes it can be entertaining. So we're here for your entertainment, and this week Craig brings us this segment. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, take this knowledge. It could help you in getting that girl or that guy you want, right? That makes you look smart. <laughs> Drop some knowledge, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, girls or guys, they want, they want to think, feel like they are smart. Everybody does. So. Smart is the new sexy, right? Yeah, smart is the new sexy, right, right. So it's coming to me. Did you know that the Earth is the only planet, the only planet, not named after a god. That's actually very interesting. Yeah. I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah, because you're not, there's no, yeah, there's no god named Earth. Yeah. I don't know. But But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. Yeah. This, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that goes, but well, because of course the planets go back to, and this is going to be, it was Roman mythology, or, right? Or was it Greek mythology? Or yeah, wait, is Greek. there Roman? I don't know. My my history is failing me a little bit, but it was one of the mythologies uh, right. that had it. So did they? They still be, did they still believe that the Earth was the center of the universe then? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so uh, interesting. Wow, that makes me think of a lot of different... Because it's one of those things that's really kind of simple when you think about it, but then it's just like you never really thought about it. Right. Yeah. So, so. pretty interesting. You think Earth is the center of the universe, right? Is that what they're saying? Well, like, when when they... Because, I, I mean... Because if you just think about it, um, well, I don't know. I mean, I may get way too in depth with it. It just makes me think of a million different other things. So I'm just kind of thinking of the other things that they believed and thought back then when they named the planets or whatever. And too right. too deep, too deep. I'm making it too deep. Well, yeah, it's too too way too too much smarts for us, you know. Yes. Yeah. There you go. So whenever that comes up on uh, trivia or something, boom, there you go. Yep. I hear you. And the possibly the more difficult thing to answer is how many planets there are because they keep going back and forth about 
I feel like they've gone back and forth about Pluto, so I gave up trying to figure out what they finally decided. Yeah, can you imagine them pulling them aside, Pluto aside, and said, "Oh yeah, by the way, we've taken your planet status away from you." Yeah. <laughs> what the? <laughs> it kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, just kind of like how Michigan ripped away. All, yeah. Uh, I like that. You know, like that segue. That's right. Yeah, all dignity for Penn State and yeah. just gutted their self confidence. I don't know what you want to fit in that context, but yeah, they just cut them down like trees yeah. and they fell with a big bang. Yep. Yep. It's, yeah, no kidding. It was, yeah, we're going to talk about that, but it's going to be, yeah, it's a good show. It was a beautiful thing, beautiful thing. It was get a little sugar on the flakes. (laughs) Well, you know, the funny thing is, is trust me, you know how you you had to turn back your clocks an hour? Oh, yeah. How many of us Michigan fans would have loved to turn back our clocks to to that game again? I would have. That that was beautiful. Oh, yeah, you could watch that game again. Lots of interesting things to talk about it with and all that. But I do... And I even told Craig this, and thankfully I remembered. I do want to make sure we do the voicemails now instead of randomly dropping them in the middle of the episode. So we're going to start off with voicemails. Let's do it. Right? Okay. All right. I'm going to do a little transition here, and then we'll get started with voicemails. We always thank you guys for calling in, everybody who does call in. And uh, doing a quick reminder now, instead of waiting until the end of the episode, you can always call us uh, if you want to leave a voicemail, 551-258-3276. It's easy to remember. It is 551-BLUE-BRO. We're going to move here and listen to the voicemails that came in over the weekend. And let's hear what the people have to say. What's going on, fellas? Um... Stephen Brown at Mr. Durrell, 1980. Well, another another Saturday, another another nervous win, I guess, for all you fans out there who didn't listen to me in the summer when I told you Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Penn State were not that good. Everybody's talking about how brutal of a schedule it was going to be when it was never going to be brutal because Michigan is just better than those teams. So. Hopefully people will learn to listen and, 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 and see other teams for who they are. Michigan State is not a good program. Wisconsin is an overrated program. Uh, Penn State, I mean, they lost Moorhead. That was their biggest loss. It wasn't Barkley. It wasn't Gusecki. It wasn't that wide receiver. It was Moorhead. I mean, James Franklin knows he's nothing without that guy for real. But that's here nor there. Trace McSorley. Uh, he looked like the he looked like the best quarterback yesterday in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, that's what he, he's the best quarterback within the state, and that's debatable because I haven't seen all the quarterbacks, but he's definitely the best. So that's what I think James Franklin meant. Anyway, on to the next game. I don't even know who they are. Oh, Rutgers. Yeah. Well, well, on to the next game after that, man. Because I mean, come on, Rutgers, whatever. But it was a solid effort all around. Defense played amazing. I can't believe somebody actually tested David Long. Um, but the offense is playing better. 
you know, Gentry was a big part of everything. I, I just like how Michigan has an identity now. They're not getting away from who they are. Now, you know, Shay is going to play action a lot, which is great, but give that ball to Karan. Give it to him. Chris, not so much, but give it to Karan. Let him run. Um, you got some great wide receivers. You think it's bad this year. Imagine trying to cover Tariq Donovan and Nico next year, and then you got Oliver Martin out there. You got you know, different um, wide receivers. Nate McCurry, I think that's his name. I mean, they're going to be really solid for a while. You know, they're going to utilize the tight ends more. Like, Michigan is Michigan is really just coming into their own. Coach Harbaugh finally has this thing going, and I think it's really time for him to start dominating the um, conference. Like, I believe he will, but at Penn State, I mean, their biggest mistake was 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 trying to score last year late. Like that was, I mean, it is what it is, but that 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 wasn't smart. Um, so they had to take this L, and you know, no no more third or fourth place finishes this year. Jokes for anybody. Michigan's going to win the division. But the last thing I will say about Penn State, you know, to them it was a big game. To to Michigan is is like you know beating Akron. All right. So our frequent caller, Stephen, calling in. Thank you for the voicemail. Appreciate that. Uh, the one thing I'll pick out of that real quick uh, to kind of add and continue what he was saying uh, that I really liked was uh, the identity. Yep. And that that is a big thing. And I think that's huge. That is one thing that we're seeing this year that we haven't seen in the first. Um, years of Jim Harbor, the first three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I right. mean, you saw some really good stuff in 2015, and 2016. <clears throat> and maybe not to say they didn't have an identity, but it certainly is not at the level that it is now. And so that, I think that has a big component to it. It's the identity, the chemistry, the, as people label, uh, label the brotherhood, of the players and everything. So I think that's a big contributing factor. Craig, anything to add? Yeah. I mean, I'll just add real quick. It's yeah, it's true. Michigan's got an identity now and you know, it is. Um, we'll talk about it um, here in a bit, but uh, yeah, it's great to see. I mean, it's, it, it's a winning identity. It's a, especially on the winning side of it is this team knows how to win and knows how to not only win, but win big. That's huge for this team to know that not only they can beat these higher rank these high ranked teams, but dominate them, and that's been mission, missing from Michigan from a, for a real real long time. So that's good to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they've been in different circumstances where they've been able to. I don't know if I would say pull out wins. I mean, they definitely pulled out a win versus Northwestern. Because uh, the situations right. with that game, um, and then they, I wouldn't call out pulled out a win against Michigan State, but you know the whole weather conditions and you know winning on the road, ranked team, and different things. They've been in different situations through this year, and they've shown that they've been able to win, and most of the time win very convincingly. So yes, that is, right. that has been great to see. So uh, let's get to we've got two more voicemails to get to. So here's the next one coming up then. Hey guys, it's Ray from Tampa. Uh, I'm in the midst of watching the game for the third time right now. Uh, yeah, I just couldn't believe my eyes last night. 
had to go out, you know, do a little bit of celebrating, go to an engagement party and everything like that. Came back, watched it last night, early this morning, and now I'm watching it again. And I can't wait to see what Stephen Brown had to say. I almost pulled a Stephen yesterday during during the uh, game, but on Friday when I was on my way to work, I talked to my dad on the phone. He lives in Detroit, so he was coming about all the the locals and everything like that. Um, what was going on? And I told my dad, I said, you know, do not be surprised if Michigan wins by twenty plus points. I said, don't be surprised. Everyone else is saying it's 14, 10, all this is so high. But don't be surprised if they win by 20-plus. And what happened from start to finish? They just annihilated them. And, you know, they gave up the cheap touchdown. But their defense, that offense, they literally owned Penn State throughout the whole contest. This is a team that – not only is competing for the Big Ten Championship, and that by no means is wrapped up, but they are competing for a playoff spot, and they truly should be in the driver's seat and control their own destiny because come November 24th, especially seeing what Ohio State is doing, I don't think Ohio State is going to be able to mess with Michigan. And if anyone doubts that, just look at the common opponents that they've played. Michigan is on a whole different level. Uh, love the show. Can't wait to uh, to hear what you guys have to say in regards to it. Go blue. All right, Ray, a regular yeah, as well. Thank you for the voicemail. Appreciate it. Craig, do you want to start? Oh, just uh, yeah, I love Ray and what he has to say. And yeah, it's it's uh, a lot of people watching the game, re reliving the game, like we were just talking about, turning the book, clocks back to watch it. But uh, yeah, from from the begin be, beginning of the game, just Michigan showing its dominance on you know, I think a lot of people are looking at Michigan being the old. I call it the. Uh, the vision that most Michigan people saw, and I think even Harbaugh saw, and that vision coming to fruition and seeing it and knowing and being patient. I mean, a lot of us have been patient. Some of us haven't. <laughs> and to see it kind of play out in, in front of us is such a great thing to see. And the fans and the players are loving it. You can tell. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, it's – it ha- I, well, it wasn't even specifically the game. I mean, it's just the way that Michigan's been on a roll that people are anticipating that they had the potential and the opportunity to play like they did. Of course, we talked about the factor of Don Brown um, and his frustrations with how last year went and the amount of points that they let up and everything. So there was a lot of anticipation that it was going to be that could blow open for a blowout. Right. Um, so yeah, it was fun to watch, I think for everybody and we'll have, uh, other things definitely that we'll talk about and get into with it. Uh, I want to get this last voicemail in here, so let's get that one. What's going on fellas? Now this is my second voicemail. Um, the first one was yesterday after the, after the, the win against Penn state. Let me say this, man. <laughs> it's amazing to me how all of a sudden. Michigan, at the staff and the players have no class. 
Because I remember when Michigan was losing, other fan bases were, I mean, not just fan bases in the Big Ten, but all over, we're talking about Michigan. How Coach Harbaugh will run back to the NFL because he can't succeed. How Michigan's overrated as far as their recruiting. The players aren't that good. They'll never beat certain teams. But now the Michigan's beating teams, and not just beating them, embarrassing them, sometimes on their home field. They have no class. And that's really odd. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that's caught on. Craig and Caleb, I know you all see it. But it's just odd at how Michigan has to be the quote-unquote big brother. They have to be the adult. And these other teams were just dogging Michigan for years. I mean, third-place finish, fourth-place finish, we heard it every year, every year. Guys like Bad Sally, who takes no accountability, no responsibility at all. We're talking about Michigan. He'll put up those trashy, crappy articles that nobody reads. Guys like um, Paul Feinbaum. I mean, and we're just like, why does Michigan have to be uh, the adult in the room? Why can't people just leave Coach Harbaugh alone, let them learn? Because even, I mean, I, I, I don't recall Nick Saban winning his first Championship at Alabama in his first year. It took three years. I mean, of course now we know. I know they pay some players. I don't know if they're still doing it, but Michigan's doing it the right way. But I don't. I don't get how Michigan is all of a sudden classless. Michigan State fans, like Wisconsin fans, they didn't even do a lot of talking. It's Penn State and Michigan State fans, and they can't say anything. But that's just odd to me. Am I the only one that sees that? I know I'm not. It's a rhetorical question. But it's just odd at how Michigan is classless because they're murdering teams. Like, Penn State fans should remember last year trying to score with three seconds left. That's classless. Now, if Coach Harbaugh wanted to, they could have scored again last night, but he knelt out of respect for the game. Guys like Franklin have no from respect. He was dogging Pittsburgh. Now that Michigan treated them like they treated Pittsburgh, is a problem. They're, they're, Penn State is our Akron. That's what they are. They're the Akron to Michigan. They're never going to win again. Joe Moorhead was the biggest loss. But I just felt like saying that. And I hope the Ohio State fans are ready, too, because they're about to kiss that air real quick. And you know they're going to have a lot of excuses, a whole lot of them. Go Blue. All right, Stephen with the second voicemail. Thank you. Yeah, actually, um, and I think he may have said it in both voicemails, but I have to agree with Stephen completely that Moorhead was the biggest loss for them. Um, Barkley was huge, too. But, I mean, Barkley's a player. You know that – players especially players at his caliber are going to be what two three years maybe right um but moorhead and not saying that you always keep coordinators forever but moorhead was what two years maybe i think so um yeah i i really believe that their success was in a large part due to him i mean okay um, thank you again, Stephen, for the, for the calls and everything. I, we might kind of start dragging on here into the full discussion then. But to talk more about the game, what about those weird calls with the penalties? Right. On uh, not taking a penalty where uh, they got the they were going to get the ball when we kicked yeah, the ball or when the right. when Michigan kicked the ball out of bounds on the kickoff, they were going to yeah. get out of the thirty five, and they say no, let's. Uh, Push them back five yards. Yeah, I didn't make get them, 
Yeah, make him kick it again. What? Like, yeah, nobody I've does that. Just, like, lost 10, 15 yards off that. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, weird stuff like that. But, Very yeah. Hey, you know, and I'm glad Steven brought it up. I mean, we won't spend too much time on it because we're, we're like, knee-deep in <coughs> um, this whole – you see, this is what you're seeing. You're seeing these teams – Look, Michigan fans are going to have to face it. Even I'm going to have to face it. Uh, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, all these teams, a lot of them, I'd say most of them, hate Michigan. If they could pick one team they hate out of the Big Ten, Michigan's always going to be on the top. So what happens when Michigan starts doing well? You're going to start seeing the word (coughs) classless, um, Things like that, and with uh, Jim Harbaugh calling the, uh, you know, uh, doing a challenge flag on a, on a catch with not much time to go. And I'm like, you know what? I don't give a rat's patootie on what any of these teams say because of the very fact what Steven said, uh, what about Coach D'Antonio running up the score? He did that many times. How about Coach D'Antonio saying, where are all the Wolverines at? That's classless. These are all things that people have done. Penn State has done it. Ohio State's done it. Everybody's done it for years to Michigan. And now Michigan finally is whipping people's butts, not only whipping them, whipping them good. And they have Coach Harbaugh just do that, and they just flip out and go out and go nuts. I don't give a rat what Harbaugh does. I'm glad he did because, you know what, he did want to run up the score. It's revenge time. That's what this is about. You know, you put on your big boy pants and you start to play. Michigan – uh, Penn State didn't. They lost. And you know what? We want to challenge everything. If it was a, a catch, great. If it wasn't, it wasn't. I don't really care. It, you know, it's this isn't about being friends. Harbaugh isn't about being friends and being classy. And they're all saying, why don't you be like Beeline? He's not him. And I don't really care. I want a pissed off coach. I, I want a coach that runs up the score. I want a Nick Saban type guy who doesn't really care what the press thinks, what media thinks, and the rivals, coaches think, and the fans from other teams think. I just care what Michigan thinks and him. So that's it. That's so funny that they talk about Beeline because it's just like, yeah, I'd rather get beat and not have the coach say something afterwards than get beat and then have the coach say something. Right. Or something like that. So it's just like, really? So now you're going to get picky on, like, how you get beat or what happens after you get beat? Right, right. I don't know. But but I'll say this too, and we said this, man, I want to say, yeah, it was four years ago then because it was the 2014 season. Yeah. So yeah. four years ago, and uh, four years ago and like some change, we were talking after the Northwestern game, and Harbaugh was – I remember media went crazy with it. Harbaugh was freaking out on the sidelines because of a bad call, something maybe challenged. I can't remember. And it was when Michigan was shutting out Northwestern and Northwestern was about to go down the field and get some kind of field goal or maybe touchdown right towards the end of the game. Mm -hmm. And Harbaugh was fighting for his team, for his defense, which earned that shutout to be able to get that shutout. Yep. Everybody knows that's an accomplishment. Yep. So why they think that it's weird and crazy that a coach did that is kind of beyond me. Because you know you know very well that if any other fan base was in the same situation, they're like, oh, come on. I don't want them to score. 
Can't we yeah. do something so they can't score because we really want the shutout? You know they wanted that. Oh, so yeah. they're they're just being dumb and ignorant about it. But like, it, the funny, yeah, that catch if it was uh, that catch made it you know to be uh, you know for Penn State to get points on the board, rather it be a field goal or not. And that's what Coach Harbaugh knew. He wanted that goose egg, man. <laughs> he yeah. did, and I loved it. So yeah, absolutely. But here's another thing too, which I find awesomely hilarious. Um, because the the fans that are coming out and calling Harbaugh classless uh, in recently, because Wisconsin hasn't said any. I never saw Wisconsin say anything. No, but Michigan no. State said something. Oh yeah, and, and yeah. Penn State said it. So the we already went through the long list of stupid reasons why Michigan State should just shut their mouths and shut yeah. up. Um, but then Penn State, you can go to. Just a matter of weeks ago, when their coach freaked out and practically went after a fan after they lost to Ohio State. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, after they lost to Ohio State and Franklin made the, what everybody agrees really was a bonehead call on fourth down, and he ran it instead of tried passing it. Mm Mm-hmm. He was leaving the stadium, and a fan uh, looked like a student in the student section said, you should have passed on fourth down, or you should have known to pass on fourth down, or something along those lines. And Franklin turned, and he snapped. Like, he didn't say anything bad, but it looked like he was going to try to climb into the stands to get in that kid's face. And people were holding him back, and he said something along the lines of, "Um, I love you to death, man. Or something like that, or or some something weird, and I'm just like, it, it didn't look good at all. No, no, but that's classy though. Oh yeah, and, and so apparently that falls into classy slash okay. But a coach doing something that is a part of a game and challenging a play, okay, I'll remember that. I'll write that down in my notes to remember well, I figured that. It out, Michigan. Everything Michigan does is classless. Everybody, everybody else does it. It's classy. So yeah, okay, yeah. makes sense. So, and, got it. and and I also saw the argument about um, they were talking about the end of the game and about how Michigan kept scoring because um, what was it? The last score was Chris Evans' touchdown, I think, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. then uh, so they're just – so Penn State fans were just like, you did exactly what we were doing last year. And it's just like, no, there were there was what, like two or three minutes on the clock? You can't just kneel and give the ball up, right? And give give it back to the other team. The objective is to run out the clock, and it's like if you can't stop a team from running, which was basically what was going on, it, it's on you. I mean, that's right. essentially what happened. That's the same argument that people had when Michigan beat Rutgers seventy eight to zero. Classless. Yeah. Oh Class. man, I'm I'm so glad that. When our coach uh, is beating a team that we don't beat them by that much because that's classless. Well, look, I remember uh, Coach Antonio trying to get that last touchdown when we played, what, three or four years ago at their stadium. So Yeah, yeah. trying to cut the lead and everything. Yeah, 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 but, yeah so it's just like you, you can't quit playing the game. Right. At Michigan in the Rutgers game, I can't even remember if they passed 
at all, really, in the second half, and they were just running it, and they were doing it with backups. You have well, to play the, the game. Yeah, the yeah, thing, the thing that was different yeah. with the Penn State game last year was it, it was the closing seconds of the game, and their team was on the 10 or 15-yard line, and they were still running plays yep. when they could have kneeled down Ended right uh, two or three times or whatever, and killed the clock. No, they were they were openly trying to see if we broke and let them score again. Yeah, they're, and that's if, if somebody cannot recognize the difference in that, they're they're ignorant. Right, and I don't. It, to me, you'll never hear me on. Never hear another team running the ball when it's pretty much over, and me saying that's classless. I'm not gonna. I won't do it. Because guess what? This is a this is a game built on running up the score and shutting out teams. You know, you're, it shows that you you rank higher when you can blow out teams, and that shows in Michigan. So, yeah. Well, gonna, what is it? Yeah. What is it, anyways? Forty seconds play clock. So yeah. you're looking at um, a minute twenty, a uh, minute two minutes. So it has to be within two minutes. Right. For you to be able to kill the clock. And it was, there were, uh, like I said, if I recall correctly, it was like three minutes. Right. So you can't, you can't just start kneeling it down and then give it away to the other team. I mean, that, that's almost as dumb as having a team re-kick the ball when you're about to get it at, at the 35. Right. Right. Yep. So, I mean, if you guys want to play on the level of dumb as your coach has been i mean i guess by all means when you guys if you guys gain that opportunity you guys go ahead and do it too how come when penn state was whooping on people and beating them by a huge margin of victory let me see here let's look at this when they were beating up on Pitt. no mm -hmm. when they were beating up on uh kent state when they were beating up on illinois why didn't you guys just start kneeing it and then uh, kicking it off to the other team? Why not? Because you don't do that. that. <laughs> okay, right. that's that's enough talking about that stupid subject because they're they're just again it's just like yeah. Michigan State where they're looking for something to talk about other than the game because they know that they have no room to talk about the game itself. Yeah, because they got completely dominated. Like. What happened with Wisconsin? What happened with Michigan State? And what happened with Penn State? They got dominated by Michigan, and they have nothing to talk about. So they're going to find something that they can complain about and try to make themselves look better. Yeah, it just shows to me. I mean, even Wisconsin, I, I didn't hear anything. I mean, to me, I was like, this is that was a team that said, "Hey, we got our butts whipped. Now we got to regroup and get back to playing. We got a team coming up. Let's take the loss, and we need to move on." And that's what none of these other teams are doing. <laughs> it's like, good grief, you've got teams you've got to play, and they're still talking about us and last year and a corn and, and oh, my gosh, if Lewerke wasn't playing and we had Lombardi in, and I'm like, my God, oh, Mick Sorley wasn't playing, and we had the – I mean, I'm like, oh, my word, this, this is ridiculous. Let's move on. Move on, folks. Yeah, if they want to play that game, then, then you play the whole John O'Corn last year. Right, right, yeah, yeah, well, but no, but no, they wouldn't, they wouldn't hear anything out about that last year. Right, right. No, you can't do that. But it's but, different. But they're a funny bunch of people, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> they make me laugh. The, the, the level <laughs> of stupid, like almost Heisman. It's man, jeez, yeah.
if 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 fans were given uh financial reimbursement for the level of stupid that they are there'd yeah. be a lot of rich people out there and a lot of opposing fan bases yeah. yep not, not saying michigan wouldn't have their own but man some of the oh god yeah so anyways um to talk more about the game like we were saying dominating performance uh the final score 42 7 Easily could have been 42 to zero. It was actually kind of odd. I mean, considering that it was 14 to zero at halftime, it was slow. I, okay, let me. The game, the first half went fast, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah it was all up. Yeah. But oh. it was slow offensively. Not like Michigan couldn't do anything, but. Right. They, they couldn't follow. They couldn't. F- I don't know. It wasn't that they couldn't finish. It just. Didn't go like Penn State was doing a good job. I'm not trying to say like Penn State, you know, was helpless and couldn't do anything. Like Penn State was good. They were competitive. They were doing stuff in the first half, and Michigan wasn't doing a whole lot. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have the words exactly how to explain it. It felt a little weird. It, and I know that we, some people have mentioned how Michigan sometimes comes sluggish out of the uh, bye week and everything. I don't right. know if it was maybe that. I don't know if. Maybe Penn State just had a lot more gas in the first half and completely lost in the second. Most, but, most teams do, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a slow start, 14-0 at halftime, and then it blew open into a 42-7 to final. Um, one defensive score. And so Michigan put up 403 total yards. Uh, Penn State was at 186. And... A great third down efficiency uh, for Michigan over 50%. They were eight for 14. And they held Penn State like they've been holding teams recently very low. They were below 20%. They were two for 11. So, yeah. Uh, there is, there is, so, in a, in a game like this, it's. It's easy to get carried away with all this great stuff and everything, but I'm going to bring up something here, and I wouldn't be too surprised if, Craig, you already know what it is, where I'm going to be like, oh, here it is again. I think we <laughs> got to talk about this. Um, so Michigan putting up 259 rushing yards. Cron uh, Higdon had himself a day again. Uh, he did well. He did not get to the 150 marker that we had, um, yep. that we thought he might break through, but he got close again, 132 yards, uh, one touchdown. He had that nice uh, 50-yard uh, run there for his long for the day. <clears throat> Shea Patterson opening things up more frequently with rushing in this game because he had – actually, I, Yeah, he's got that read option going pretty well. He's got that fake down great. Yeah, I really think uh, I need to go back and kind of just check out numbers and see how much he's been doing it. This game, he rushed uh, 11 times, and uh, some of them were designed. Some of them, if nobody was open, he ran for 11 carries for uh, 42 yards. He ran that one in. Uh, that was great. Um, yeah, it was. Great read by him for his touchdown and everything. What's uh, What are some of the highlights that you took away from yesterday? Or, <coughs> yeah, yesterday. Well, I would say – um, you know, I'm going to kind of bring this up because mm, I'll answer your question here, but it's kind of, 
I've been thinking about this, watching game with the Wisconsin game, Michigan State game, and then this game, and I've come to this conclusion, and it's pretty, and and I think it's quite interesting that maybe, you know, maybe a Michigan fans have seen it, and know about it, but you know, I'm gonna kind of talk about it a little bit more. Is the very fact is I think what you're seeing with Jim Harbaugh and the staff is. The very first half is always going to be in all, with all those teams. They always give you your best shot. We know that on defense, you, they're, you know, everybody's up. They're energetic. They're not worn out. They're you know. So that's you're going to get that battle in the first two quarters. But then the second half, Michigan seems to dominate. I think Mich- I really think Jim Harbaugh comes out of the gate, run, 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 and he does it to test the mentality or the defensive line for the other team and see how they are able to hand, uh, hold up. I think Jim Harbaugh has a feeling, if he knows whether or not, I don't know, he just has this instinct that he knows whether he know he can run the ball throughout the whole game and he knows if a team's going to wear out in the second half. I don't know how he knows, but he knows, and that's why he's a genius at what he does, and that's why he's the coach. And it's amazing to watch because you look at that first drive, it was all runs. There was not a pass in that game. And I think he goes, I'm going to take it to this team, this defensive line. And this defensive line was actually really good at pass rushing. I think they're one of the best in, in the Big Ten. And he just went at him and went at him, and you know what? And then there are times, you know, like you're talking about, they're sluggish, they weren't moving. But I say that was a highlight to me. That was one of the highlights was the running in the very beginning and not one pass, and he just ran it at him. And then some of the passes. Uh, I mean, I think the deep ball throwing the ball was really a good highlight in seeing. Uh, uh, Nico uh, adjust to the ball. I, uh, some of the Shea Patterson's uh, ball, uh, throws were a little bit short, and I thought the receivers adjusting to the pass and catching it was really one of the highlights. And I just think our defense is just – they're sick, man. And that's what I love about this team is watching them come out in the second half and just total dominant. And it, it just seems to me that Michigan knows that they <laughs> – as someone put on Twitter, and I won't say it is, says it's almost like Jim Har- Harbaugh's dicking around with him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I just, I thought I didn't use the worst word than that, but I just thought it was hilarious because it's true. It looked like he's toying around with this team, and he knows he's got this team because the very fact is Penn State couldn't run the ball at all on this game. Couldn't. And he knew it. Jim Harbaugh knew it. And he knew that his defense is there. And I just don't think. Warner is getting enough credit for this offensive line and what they're doing. I think that guy uh, for the staff is just one of the best hiring of this year. And I think a lot of maybe Michigan fans are missing that. Oh yeah. No, I think, uh, yeah, I think some, some might, but so much credit, so much uh, like some, I mean, week in and week out, that guy gets uh, praise and credit. Um, Maybe not necessarily from everybody, but people recognize him. I mean, he has done uh, something amazing that I've not seen the likes before. Um, Obviously, I watch Michigan closer than any other program, but to do something, I I can't think of another time that something that bad has turned around that quickly to be so – like we were – 
I was hoping and anticipating for a capable offensive line, but it's been a dominating offensive line. I mean, for what? I mean, Penn State only racked up two tackles for loss in the game. So, I mean, that offensive line has been amazing production this year. But to go off of what you were saying, talking about kind of uh, halftime adjustments and how Michigan's been playing and essentially that, you know, I I would label as old school mentality of wear down your opponent and then just break, pick them apart in the second half. Um, I feel now, now here, here's the interesting thing that I don't believe except for maybe outside of the, the Northwestern game. I don't think Michigan has been down at the half. Uh, other than the uh, the Northwestern and Notre Dame game. Yeah, they've been dominating. Right. Yeah, so uh, they showed it impossible with Northwestern, but Northwestern is a different caliber team. I know that they hung with Notre Dame uh, all right over the weekend, but if Michigan is tied or ahead at halftime, I, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but it's practically a guarantee that I think that they'll win the game. Mm-hmm. because of their ability to adjust at halftime and the way that they're just able to bully the other team and wear them down right. by time of possession. And I know uh, some people kind of default to, well, yeah, if you have time of possession, you're going to win the game. That's definitely not always the case. I mean, if you pay attention to that stat through any kind of game, that's not always the case. And but if they have it and if Michigan can have it and just do those slow drives where they grind down the other defense, essentially what teams did to Michigan last year where they beat up on our defense because the defense was on the field so long that eventually it's just like, you know, the defense can only do so much. The The offense has to put points up. Right. And so Michigan, if they're tied or ahead at halftime, I have a hard time seeing that they would lose – uh, to anybody in if they're in that circumstance outside of who they might face in the postseason, like after a Big Ten game. Yeah, and I saw a scoring breakdown on uh, M Live, which is really cool source. But they did a really interesting breakdown to kind of go to your point is in the first quarter out of I believe uh, nine games. They took nine games in total so far. And they said Michigan in the first quarter has 51 points and then the other team 31. And then the second quarter, Michigan's 112 points and then the other teams are 28. And then third quarter, Michigan's 76 and the other team's 19 points. And then the fourth quarter, Michigan's 91 and then the other teams are 44 points. That tells you the third quarter is just... 19 points out of you're talking nine games the teams have scored that many points that's crazy that's telling you mission comes out and just dominates teams they're not getting very many points at all 19 points to our 76 in total out of nine games it's just that tells you what kind of clamp down that this defense is doing on teams they just can't do anything they can't throw the ball they can't run the ball yeah yeah, and they've played some good competition. I do agree with uh, Stephen that Penn State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin are not as good as some people thought at the beginning of the season. I mean, obviously, what, two of them were in the top ten? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I think Wisconsin and Penn State maybe were, but yeah, they're not as good as people thought, but they're still relatively, you know, they're still credible, uh, mm-hmm. especially playing, you know, I mean, it's never easy playing Michigan State on the road. It never is. Um, and so I don't care what you want to say about injuries and whatever teams got to play through what teams got to play through. If you're going to bring up that garbage and everything, then go ahead and wash Michigan's 2017 season. Um, but yeah, they, they're capable of a lot. I mean, it's Michigan's had the defense year in year out and they've just been looking for an offense with, uh, life to it and they've got it this year and Shay's leading the charge and you know possibilities seem endless it's great to see him rolling like this and it's excited to watch where it goes so yeah and you know we said you get get Higdon over 110 yards rushing and we're I think we're 12 and 1 now or something like that it's crazy and it's all predicated on the run with Jim Harbaugh. And you can tell. I mean, how many passing yards did Shea Patterson have? He had like 144 and two touchdowns, but uh, and he had a rushing one. But uh, that tells you what you're seeing is with Michigan is they're going to run at you and they're going to wear teams out until the point is, is Jim Harbaugh is not going to – he's using the quarterback in a, in a way – that's not flashy like other teams. You're seeing him use Shea Patterson and the way Shea Patterson needs it. I think he said to him, Shea, look, you're a great quarterback. You're a great game manager. Just don't turn the ball over. And that's what Shea's doing. He's not turning the ball over. He's doing what he needs to do to get the first down. He's using them in the right way. He's doing the read options perfectly. He's doing the fakes perfectly when he needs to. Um, yeah, there's a couple times where you go, eh, I don't know about that. Shea had, you know, a couple plays. I said, oh, that's a, wasn't good, you know, but you know, he has a couple of those, but that I'm talking about turnovers like we did last year, bat boneheaded turnovers that give teams momentum. Shea has not done that. He's methodically moved the team down to scoring positions. And he does that 144 yards. People are going to go, well, that's nothing big. Well, he hasn't. I don't think Jim Harbaugh wants him to. He's just like, give me a couple touchdowns, throw 140, 50, 150 yards, and we're good, and we'll win the game because we have the best defense and we have a great offensive line and a great running back. And that's all he needs to do. And that's winning. That's how you win. And that's what I'm seeing with this Michigan team is is they just gonna they're gonna wear you out, and you better play all four quarters because. That's the difference in this team I'm seeing than last year is we got a team that's literally playing all four quarters. Last year it was like three quarters, and then they gave up. Not this team. Not only are they not giving up, they're, they're going to stomp you, and I love seeing that. Yeah, and, yeah, I don't think Shea has really needed to pass. I mean, they do it. They've done it at different times where they've needed. The only time that he's really needed to pull out something big, I would say, was the Michigan State game. Right. I mean, he's had some big plays and everything, but the, oh, yeah. I think the only time where you would feel like, okay, they needed that mm-hmm. would have been the Michigan State game because, I mean, yeah. it was a tie game. They they People, needed to go and right. Yeah, yeah, and and so they right. ne- they needed some breathing room. He gave it to them. 
Um, other than that, I mean, and they've had the plays. They'd have a couple big ones. I mean, they've had big passing plays to uh, Nico. They've had big touchdown passes to Peoples-Jones. I mean, they uh, they would have had two uh, with the one that got called back with uh, Tariq Black. Oh, man, you got to bring that one up. Bang! Yeah, so. Hey, that's so bad. <laughs> I know. I so bad for. I mean, you're talking, you get Tariq Black, and I'm glad you brought him up because talking about a stretching the field kind of guy, that guy, uh, I'm telling you, man, if you want deep threat and you want to get that ball down the field, he's the, the guy that's going to, he's a, he runs so, he's lightning fast and he's coming along at the right time for us. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. But from the passing thing, I kind of, I don't know. I feel like they're not going to it that much. Like the deep gonna. ball. They don't need to. I mean, they've had they've had some. Not saying that they don't try it at all. Not trying to downplay it, but it just seems like Michigan has the opportunity, but they never really do it a whole lot because they don't need to. Right. Right. Um, I mean, Wisconsin was kind of like a steady throughout the whole thing, building the lead and everything. And then Michigan State, they needed it to get a little breathing room. But then against Penn State, it was just like, yeah, they took a, advantage of it at one point, but you know they. Uh, otherwise, I mean, they're dumping it 10 yards out there, 5, 10, 15 yards or something. Maybe every once in a while it's a big play or then a huge running play. Yeah, it, it's been working for them. I'm going to be really interested to see if they pull that out to really shock someone, shock a team, like maybe Ohio State or something, where all of a sudden right. there's all these vertical plays and the receivers are just like burning the secondary and Shea's lighting it up. Right. It'll right. be kind of yeah. interesting. I think there's potential for that. Right. And are you worried that, you know, we might have a game where we're going to have to pass the ball a little bit more? To uh, no, I'm not I'm not worried because I, I think that they'll do fine and everything. Now, if, if it completely becomes one-dimensional, like we have absolutely no success running. Right. Well, you, you, let's put it this way. You take Penn State in that game. They absolutely had no running game. You knew it. That's why you saw Penn State kind of get on a little bit of roll with uh, McSorley finding the middle of the field. And you notice that they were driving the ball down with big chunks because he said, you know, I'm going to start finding the middle of the field. And he found it. And he he burned Michigan quite more. But I noticed, I said, wow, this almost the whole quarter, I don't think they even ran the ball because they knew they couldn't. They're going to have to rely on the passing game. That's what I'm talking about with Michigan is – you know, is there going to be a game that you see? I, the only one I can see probably is Ohio State, and then maybe the Big Ten championship game where maybe Shea's going to have to pass a little bit more down the field. I think Shea's a good passer. I don't think he's great. I think he's a, gr- a fantastic game manager. You know what I mean? I don't think you sit there and go, man, that was an amazing pass. I, I say there's moments where Shea go, you know, throws a good, pretty ball, but some of those passes I thought were short. You know, I thought – couple passes you know i went eh. uh maybe that that one off where he could he did that little dump pass over the the linebackers to uh Karan higdon and he overshot him that was a touchdown <laughs> he yeah. had all his blockers in front of him overshot him and i went eh, you know it happens i get it you know you get a little bit excited you get all these blockers and he just you know maybe misjudged how tall he is but uh there's a few passes the nico pass i thought was really short and I thought Nico just adjusted really well to it. But um yeah, 
I think Shea just does a good job of rolling out of the pocket and throwing the ball where he needs to be, and he just doesn't make – he doesn't throw interceptions. He doesn't turn the ball over. So. Yeah, well, I think that uh, he is precise, uh, especially like, I don't know, up to 15 yards. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That's a good – I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. He's great about there, but I'm talking yet like down the field. Yeah, you know? and it's a consistency thing though because I right. mean the the pass that he threw to Donovan Peoples Jones was in stride oh. on yeah. a dime, right. and yeah, if that pass was not made as perfectly as it was, Peoples Jones probably would have been pushed out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the defender. So. Um, yeah, it, I think it's a consistent. He's better. His long ball is not his best thing. I, I can kind of agree with that and everything. But that's the thing too is like we it hasn't really been completely necessary. And quite a few times when he does the deep ball, right. the receivers got good enough cushion that it doesn't have to be, you know, perfect on a dime. Right. So yeah, I don't think that there's really going to be much of a concern in my opinion on Michigan facing someone who's going to shut down their running game for, uh, in the Big Ten. Right. I, right. I don't think with the teams that they have left and anyone that they could potentially face in the Big Ten title game, I don't think they're going to be capable of doing that uh, where Michigan has to solely rely on the passing game. So. Um, but to mention some other things, I'm going to bring up the the two looming uh, negative things to talk about. One, yeah. one of them is production uh, from the game. Uh, the other one's kind of a different detail that we'll get to in a second. But uh, we haven't talked about it in a little while, but it did resurge this weekend where Michigan had nine penalties for 80 yards. Yeah. Yeah. So that was rough uh and you know i mean it's kind of bad for uh penn state considering that we gave them more yards in penalties than they were able to put up in rushing like the michigan state game almost yeah those yards yeah yeah but yeah mich uh, i mean and michigan state was uh it had some penalty things too but that that's something that hopefully you know some of you know that that's always back and forth because some of it's officiating some of it's discipline and things like that it hasn't been as ugly as it was as early on in the season but i wanted to mention that the thing though that's tough and i want to get your opinion here uh we're getting close on uh time and everything but with finishing some thoughts from the game mm -hmm. uh dylan mccaffrey yeah wow. so bad bad news bears there that's um, tough yeah as he apparently broke a collarbone yeah he did that on that run where he tried to i believe try to get to the uh, get the tv so stretched out yeah and i think he went out of bounds right at the two two or one yard line I think that's where it happened. That was the only play I could see that he actually got it because he he tried to run for it. So. Yeah, so yeah. that sucks. What what are your thoughts with that? Because now Mich Michigan is going to be playing Rutgers and Indiana, and they – I mean, McCaffrey had shown – had seen some decent playing time, especially the fact that he went in against Notre Dame and held his own. Yeah. So well, now, now he's gone. Now what? 
I'm con- I'm concerned only. I mean, it's concerning. I mean, let's not let's not play around with this because it is because McCaffrey to me was probably one of the best things Michigan could had going for him because of shit. Something happens to Shea because he does roll out. Uh, Shea does. Both of them do. But um, because of that factor that he has, um, Shea will take a sack or whatever. But um, and when you have a, a quarterback that rolls out kind of similar to the way Rodgers does, you're going to get hurt and he gets hurt. So, um, yeah, it's concerned because McCaffrey was such a good um, – to me, it looked like he was just had poise. He was uh, mentally really prepared to take that uh, backup role and knew what to do to win. He looked like a winner to me. He knew how to get the first down, um, and he's, his confidence is through the roof the way Shays is, and he's perfect backup. Um, to me, I think, I think what you're going to see now is I think Peters will be – um, the backup to this, I, you know, a lot of people say, what about Milton? I don't think Milton's ready. I think it's Milton's got it. You know, I don't think the offense is built around Milton right now. Um, I think it's going to take a little while for that to get going, but, uh, Peter's more than likely to back up, uh, um, Shay, if something happens to him, you know, and I, you know, this is, this is the game. This is the thing. I think, if you start seeing domination in these next two games, which more likely will happen, but if you start seeing get get Peters let you know get a confidence going. I know I don't have a lot of confidence in that kid. Um, I don't think he's a corn bad. I think he's around the spate kind of way thinking. But I mean, get Milton in there, get him some game you know game playing, get him some uh, reps, get him going to play. I don't think he's going to botch the game for us where our defense is too good. Our offensive line is too good, but I think it's a good game to get Milton to start playing. Wait, Milton or Peters? Peters, both. I mean, I think Peters can get in there. Obviously he's played uh, games before, but Milton too. I mean, you got to get that kid some rep. You got it. So, but, um, you know, I think Peters will do serviceable. I mean, he'll do good with these games coming up, but, uh, I think that I think what I I believe I think Jim Harbaugh is probably going to use Shea sparingly in these next games if he's you know I'm not going to take the, these two games lightly but I think he's going to use Shea sparingly just to save him for Ohio State. Ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves a controversy <laughs> because I'm I'm thinking that no way in heck are they going back to Brandon Peters. Really. Wow. Yeah, since Milton's been in the game, uh, in a game, and Peters hasn't seen anything since I 2017. I do. I think Peters is a backup. I do. Yeah. See, now, here's the thing, though, is that Milton has only played in one game. The right. new rule has it where you can play in four games and you still can get your red shirt. Yeah. So he now, could Peters technically. Came in, he threw an interception, did he? <laughs> Didn't he throw an interception in the end zone? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it was, I don't know what game it was. I don't know. Can't but, remember. But he, um, and obviously he, he's like barely played, but I, I don't see them going. I'm uh, nothing against Brandon Peters. This is just talking about him the way that looks and the way that it is. Shea Patterson, part of the reason why he's able to do what he does is because of his personality and his fire and his enthusiasm. 
I don't think you want to risk it. Yeah, I don't think you want to risk losing that. And Milton has that. I yeah, don't. I do yeah. not see how they go to Brandon. I I don't see it. I personally do not see it. Yeah. So honestly, you, uh, this okay. I'm not going to say this is going to happen, but um, Michigan is going to go play Rutgers next week. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. you know what part of me thinks is that they should just go in there and be like, "Hey, Millen, you're starting." Oh, I agree. I, I yeah, I agree. I'm not saying they should be. You know, backup should be Peters, but yeah, I yeah, I agree. I think getting Milton some uh, playing time. Would be well, great. yeah, I'm just saying, like Shay, hey, come along. But I mean, basically, unless something weird happens, it's like you're not going to play. <laughs> right. I know. I know. That's how. I'll, yeah, important he is. So. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not uh, even from important, but just the fact that okay, now our our experienced backup, the yeah. the guy who's got ice in his veins, he's injured. Now we honestly really don't know what anybody else has and how well they work with this team because let's face it, there's a lot of difference with this offense from last year to this year. Right. So I'd be like. Hey, we need to see what we've got to get ready for Ohio State for potential Big Ten title game for postseason. Right. When, if anything happens, where you know Notre Dame, prime example, Shea just had to get out for a couple plays. We need somebody in there that's going to be able to throw a pass or two because we know that we won't get very far if they know we're going to run every single time. Right. Right. So yeah. I, I honestly feel now. Of course, I'm not a on any kind of football coaching staff, I am not Jim Harbaugh, but my thought would kind of be like, hey, no offense. I mean, it's Rutgers. Uh, the defense is very dominating, and yes, the quarterback is a very big part of the offense, but you know, we should be able to do well with running, so start Milton. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I agree. I think you because Milton's a winner, man. He I think he's. I think he's like McCaffrey. I think he's got that total, you know, swag about him, and he's a winner, and he's got that mentality, like you said. But uh, the only reason I'm going with Peters is just because you know he's had game experience, and he's still there. He could have easily left, and he didn't. So, and I just think he's just got playing time over Milton. So <laughs> we'll see. No. Though. Because you know what, think about this. Because well, you know, you and I are going to find out. I'd say more than likely in this game coming up this Saturday. So, on who who steps in? Because look, if the game gets ugly, or yeah, the game gets ugly, we know who the backup is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting. I'm. I agree with you. I think I think if the game is just at a, you just know it's in hand. Give the give the the keys to Milton on the second half and let him go. But uh, dude, I'm saying like starting. I'm just like, hey, I know you are. I, that's not gonna happen. You know that. Out. Uh, you really think they can start Milton? Really? I, I'm not. I'm not really saying because I. Okay, if okay. I really thought it, I'd be like, hey, dude, book it or lock it or whatever. But right. I, I, I mean, it just it seems like it makes almost too too much sense. Where it's just like, okay, we had quarterback one, quarterback two. Now we have just quarterback one, and we have no idea what to do with quarterback uh, to put into quarterback two. So let's take whoever we think that person is going to be and not trying to make light of it because you have to take every game serious. But, I mean, okay, this is 
Rutgers who struggled with a ton of stuff, and you know your defense can hold out well for you. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, just that experience, that experience of being able to put the player on there and be like, hey, this game is in your hands. You are starting. You are not going in when our team has the lead. You're not going in when we're beating a team by 17, 21 plus points. You are going in and you are going to be sending the tone. What are you going to do with that? I mean, I think that, and it's it's mainly because it's Rutgers. If it was, if it was Indiana, I'd be like, ah, right. But with it being Rutgers, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I mean, eh. you you really think Jim Harbaugh is going to just sit Shea in the beginning? Ain't happening. I I don't. I'm not. See, I'm not saying it. I'm saying I feel like there's that possibility. Because if I was saying it, like I said, I'd I'd be boasting it right now. Let's put it this way. If he does, does it just almost literally tell Rutgers, you're a joke? (laughs) Yeah, that's I did think about that. But it's... They don't even really, because that's what it's saying. Yeah, we're putting our backup in. Our third stringer guy. We're going to play you. That's how bad you are. (laughs) Yeah. I, I know that's what the way that would look like, but like you said, I think you know, I think it's going to be maybe a quarter with Shea, and then a quarter or two, and then I think he's Milton will go in. But like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if he does put Peters in because I just have this feeling that you know he's just gonna. So I don't know. All right. Well, I don't think he's actually said who the backup is yet. That's the point. I don't think he said Milton's our backup. Well, yeah, no. I mean, originally McCaffrey and everybody right. knew, and that was simple. So now things are kind of turned upside down. So we'll have to see with that. So we'll see. Well, and, and let's you know, let's bring up one more thing. I think he forgot about the whole like uh, bad news is. Hey, look, bring up the <laughs> the special teams is still hurting man they the whole block uh, field goal problems nording issues with their the the special team line i don't know if it's nording's fault but too many you know no blocking going on with that and it's just just bad news even nording look when i watch him when even he's kicking the point after and it's just they don't they look like dead ducks going through. You know, I know he's making them. That's fine. That's great. But I just they don't look confident. They don't look like kicks that a kid kid like him should be making. They look like they're just wobbling through or like dying through. And and to me, it's just concerning. The kid Nordine still bothers me. He just does, man. I just I don't know what it is, but it seems I just have zero confidence in that kid. So I wish I'd, I want more just because I want, I need to see a field goal from 30 and make it. But man, his kicks just don't look good. <laughs> even well, on someone. Well, he has, he wasn't even really given the opportunity. I mean, he was, but like you said, it right. was blocked. So well, I don't, his fault. I don't think I'm not blaming him. I'm talking even like the point afters look, go back. Do you look at the tape? Uh, I know a lot of people looking at take look at them. They just look like they're just like dying through or d- lame ducks going through. They don't look confident. Mm. So I watched every one of them. I went, eh, they look like they're just veering off. You know, they're they're getting through. It's because he's so close, but mm, I don't know. <laughs> All right, interesting. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to. I mean, I definitely do agree with you though that 
we need to see more from the kicking game, and we didn't get a chance to see that this week, but we'll see moving forward. Um, but we are running long on time, so let's go ahead and transition here. We're going to move to uh, the other Big Ten games th- from this weekend. Okay, all right. We talk about Michigan football here all the time, but it is easy to say that uh, Michigan is not the only team in the Big Ten. So let's go ahead and talk about the other results from this weekend. Uh, Rutgers was competitive with Wisconsin. Uh, 31-17, to Wisconsin finally finished the game. Uh, Michigan State in relatively dominating fashion went on the road and beat Maryland 24 to three Ohio State number 10 Ohio State had a weird game at home against Nebraska where uh, the final score was 36 to 31 Ohio State did get the win Illinois just kind of rolled over Minnesota final there was 55 to 31 Uh, Purdue slims down the uh, running for the Big Ten West as they took out 16 Iowa at home 38 to 36 so now you've got Northwestern with Wisconsin and Purdue close behind in that race and then uh, the last game which was an out of conference game uh, Northwestern wound up losing by 10 points at home to Notre Dame they kept that one there uh, pretty competitive so and uh, to go ahead and mention, I'll go through these then real quick. Um, Craig and I both got our locks for the week. Craig, you had Iowa so close. I don't think we've had one this close, Craig. You won by half a point. <laughs> you had pl- Iowa plus two and a half. And uh, Purdue won by two points. So you you made it through with half a point. Mm-hmm. And I took uh, Michigan State beating Maryland. Uh, Michigan State was favored by two and a half points, so they easily did that. Um, so the points from this week, uh, we had Michigan will have more passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. Both of us dumped that. We got that one. We missed the next one where we both uh, thought Higdon was going to put up more than 150 yards. And then I, you had it right. I had it wrong. Nordine will not miss a field goal or extra point. Uh, again, kind of like we said, it kind of wasn't really on him, but it counts as a miss. So you uh, dumped it, I locked it, and so you took the point away from there. So after 10 weeks, uh, Craig, you have 25 points, and I have 23. So All right. All Pretty right. close. Yeah, there, uh, there we sit. Still a little uh, race is close. I was behind by one point, but then you got me this week, so you're ahead by by that so all right well that's um that wraps it up here we got another long episode and everything we thank uh thank you guys for the voicemails uh good weekend of football and we will be doing another episode this week uh they started last week but you can look for them every week now as we talk about the college football playoff rankings and we also take time during those episodes to talk about the big 10 standings and how things look for the conference so We appreciate you guys um, hanging out with us, and we hope you guys had a good weekend, safe travels, and everything, depending on where you watch the game.
and we will go ahead and finish things off with Go Blue. Go Blue.